Hello there and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, April 12th, 2021. He is Tristan H. Happy Cockroft. Kyle Soppy produces and researches, and I am Eric Carabell. Here to read the ads without laughing on today's show. More injuries, a no-hitter, finally in San Diego. Performance is good and bad. Trivia, Hash Browns. Tristan, how are you this fine morning? Oh, I'm doing well. You got to love a weekend like we just had with, oh, you mentioned the no-hitter. That was fun. <laughs> and then I've got my big toe name. I don't think you have any idea what the toes are all about. <laughs> yeah, why? Oh, we're doing this on Squadcast, and for some reason, your name today is Big Toe. You want to explain that? Or are you Sergeant Hulk? Te- What's going I'm on? I'm just teasing you. That's all. Just teasing you after last night's game. <laughs> oh, oh, Alec Boehm, who didn't yeah. play plate. No, his yeah. giant toe is clearly one of them outstretched and it touched it. It's all good. <laughs> you know what? You know how many times the Phillies have been on the wrong end of something like that? I, I don't know. care. It happens. And, and by the way, the replay system clearly does not work because he did not bet- touch on plate. And bet- by the way, between that and then the Mets game the other day with Michael Conforto, I mean, you know, it, it's not perfect, but we make it work. <laughs> not even close to perfect. And then yesterday the Mets started a game. Marcus Stroman threw nine pitches uh, and now he's, he can't pitch again until Friday. What a joke. It's like I baseball is its own worst enemy sometimes, but um, the, and and honestly, the Alec Bohm thing, I don't think he touched home plate. I don't know how replay missed it, but what happened afterwards with the the fans throwing stuff on the field? I mean, give me a break. I mean, it's a baseball game, people. I, yeah. But I shouldn't but expect way, anything. By the way, in defense, in those two situations, is that it's not like the game was clearly swinging in the other direction. It's not like the Marlins were winning that game against the Mets. That would have just meant there were two outs. And it's not like in this case, it meant that the Braves won that game. But fans don't, whatever. I know. They, they I don't know. know any better. <laughs> let's I know. Put it that way. Um, let's move on and talk about actual fantasy baseball from this weekend. Lots to discuss. And we'll start with Joe Musgrove because that's interesting stuff there. And, you know, I've been talking this guy up since he was a minor leaguer for the Astros. And every year, Musgrove would end up with an ERA that didn't look commensurate with his FIP. In other words, he was out pitching his peripherals. And is this the year finally, now that he's on a good team? Although he was on, I don't know if he was on a good Astros team, but yeah, he was, right? Wasn't he still? Anyway, he yeah. never would, he, he always had an ERA that looked bad, but a whip that looked okay in, in relation. And right now he's off to a great start. Um, you know, Texas's offense, come on. It's not, it's not great. Uh, Arizona's offense, same thing. So 15 innings, three hits, nary a walk, 18 strikeouts. He closed last year well with Pittsburgh as well. But overall, this is a guy with a 420 career array and a fifth that I think is quite a bit lower. So is this his, his actual emergence or is this a guy you should trade as soon as you can? I, I You know, normally on the show, we'll say coming off a no-hitter, it can't go anywhere but down. So go ahead and go to the trademark and see what you can get. I I don't feel that way with him. I think Musgrove is aligned for some great things. And you pointed it out very well here that in 27 to 2010, his FIP was four-tenths of a run lower than his ERA. So this could just be some correction naturally. Part of the thing supporting it is that he's changed his approach. He's leaning on his secondary pitches instead of the fastball. And I think that's working very well for him. Uh, The velocity's up a little bit there, but, you know, also a lot more cutters, curveballs. I like what I see so far. Yeah, I do too. Basically, he was a fastball half the time guy, and now he's not, and it's working for him. But can you tell the, the listeners in general why would a pitcher consistently have a FIP better than his ERA? I mean, we were talking about this twenty years ago with Dave Bush. Now, obviously, Musgrove should be better than that. But why, if a pitcher consistently does that, is that scream emergence is coming, or is he just one of those guys who can't get to his stuff, like he can't pitch to his uh, potential? 
So it's interesting you brought up Dave Bush because one of the areas in which he struggled was working out of the stretch. When he had men on base, he had some issues. He was great when he was thrown out of the windup and there was no one on. He was significantly better. And I think it changed some of his pitch selection. Now, I haven't dug deeply enough into Musgrove's first, and it's two starts. It's a small sample. To notice whether there's a change in his pitch selection when he has runners on base this year. But if you look at the career numbers, weighted on base, base is empty 296. When men were on, it was 327 up to the stage of Musgrove's career. So maybe that explains it a little bit. That can be one area in which the FIP ends up being lower than the RA. Another one can be bad luck. I mean, and, and you know, one of the great things is when we have stat cast data like we do now, we have things like expected batting average, expected weighted on base average, expected ERA, and those can tell you when a pitcher has been genuinely unlucky. Moving on now, the only player higher on the player rater than Ronald Acuna Jr., who I think is the number one. I move him to the top of my rankings right now. The only player better than that hit three home runs on Sunday. That's J.D. Martinez of Boston. And Javier Baez is off to a, a decent start as well with a couple homers and steals. And I wrote my column today basically saying these guys who complained about the lack of in-game video in 2020, maybe they were right. I, I'm not saying that they were – I never said they were, they were wrong. There were just other factors there that led me to believe – uh, Martinez being 33, couldn't hit fastballs last season. Was that all in-game video? Baez is stealing bases again. Is that in-game video? Um, they're not walking. But you were more onto them than I was. Um, have we learned anything here? I mean, J.D. Martinez just hit three homers against the Orioles. This is Glaber Torres. Some I mean, Jorge Lopez started the game. But are you, are you ready to say that J.D. Martinez is fully back to what he was when he was averaging a 320 batting average and 40 home runs a year over the past three seasons? I'm about there, yeah. I was ready to be there even coming into the season. I, I mean, it's difficult to say he's going to match the numbers because that production was MVP caliber. And I think the only thing, reason that he wouldn't have gotten a, a, a huge number of MVP votes is just the DH situation. But maybe the in-game video situation does matter more than we think. I mean, I, I think the the problem with that discussion is that people assume it has to do with stuff like the Astros cheating scandal that, you know, they're trying to actually tell what pitch is coming from. I, I have no idea what the advantage is for these players. I'm not in that room watching the video with them, but maybe there's something to Martinez's recognition of fastballs. That was really the issue he had last year. Maybe there really was something to being able to get in the video room during the game, analyze how a pitcher's fastball is working in that game. And he comes out and he's performing better. I, I have no, I, I don't really know. I'm prepared to say that J.D. Martinez and Nelson Cruz could end up being two of the top 20 hitters in fantasy without stolen bases. I think they can hit for average and a ton of power. And, I mean, I know that's that's kind of bold and maybe dumb, but I, they look great. I mean, Martinez is number one on the Raider. Nelson Cruz is number seven on the Raider. Another D.H. Shohei Otani is number 11. Um, it's the year of the DH, maybe. I, I just, I'm convinced that both these guys, and obviously Cruz is seven years older than Martinez, but they look fantastic. It's not just Orioles pitching. I think J.D. Martinez is going to do this all year long. So if you but, can still get him, great. By the way, bolder would be to say that counting the stolen bases, they're in the top 20. And I think, I did. You've, got a, I think you've got a strong case there. No, but you threw the sp stolen base qualifier. I, I think you're right. I think there is a, a definite path to their top 20 finish. I, I said even if they don't steal, even without the stolen okay. bases. Okay. Like, I, I believe, yeah. like I'm trying to think of, like, can they be more valuable than Whit Merrifield for a full season if Merrifield steals 20 bases? I think they can. Although Merrifield's going to hit for average, too. If Merrifield steals 20, then yeah. That, that, I mean, if Merrifield steals 30, 35, that's going to be I difficult. mean, looking at the rest of the Raider, Acuna's number two. Byron Buxton is unbelievable. I, I just can't believe what has happened to Byron Buxton. The power. They're betting him clean up. 
after Nelson Cruz. It's unbelievable how, how much power he has all of a sudden. Um, same with Tyler Naquin. They can't stop playing Tyler Naquin. They got to keep playing him while he's doing this. I didn't know. I have not added him in any leagues. Have you? I haven't been able to add him in any leagues. If I recall, uh, I believe he was in the first round of pickups and that was because of the Jesse Winker injury. So he is capitalizing upon an opportunity, but he's going to lock down that job. If he keeps performing like this, uh, Musgrove is number five on the Raider. Then Ryan McMahon, who had the first three homer game cruise, Jake McGee and Mark Melanson are each piling up the saves on the West coast. And, you know, we can be skeptical that they'll continue to do this, but why? Why would we, and we'll get to more of the closers and the closer carousel, but Jake McGee does look great. He does. He looked like he did last year for the Dodgers. And Melanson is clearly not sharing with anybody, Pagan or Pomerantz or anybody. So why should we assume that McGee and Melanson won't get more than 30 saves each, unless injury, and we can't predict that? Yeah, I think it's fair to, to throw that projected number at this point. And by the way, Reyes Maranta uh, now on the IL. So, yeah, and I mean, not like, that he was a threat. I mean, I, Tyler Rogers has really been the setup man to McGee. So he was a threat three weeks ago. We thought Maranta would be a threat three weeks ago. He now, was a he, threat at the onset of spring training. March went very badly for him. Injury and you know what? The thing about Martinez, I missed him in a daily league on Sunday. I, I want to get to this, and I want to be careful how I say it. Because obviously, the... the the pandemic is far more important than fantasy baseball. But J.D. Martinez went on the COVID list, I think, so, either Friday night or Saturday morning with a cold. They weren't sure if he had the COVID. And then Sunday, while I was out doing something else, they activated him, put him in the lineup, and he had three home runs, and I missed it in a daily league. And I wasn't too happy about this. But what can you do about this? Like, um, Lourdes Gurriel was on the COVID list yesterday, and now today he's not. This is not the 10-day injured list. We shouldn't complain. But... Anybody who goes in the COVID list, be prepared to not sit them in a fantasy league this season because they could come off that COVID list hours later. Is that yeah. fair? It, it, well, then we got to dive a little deeper into the Gio Urshela is the one I'm watching for the Yankees. It's uh, for a lot of these guys, it's reactions to the vaccine. And that ends up being a 24-hour thing. They can place players onto the IL. So just be very careful as to finding what the rationales is for this. And the tough call for people this week is going to be Teoscar Hernandez. I've got one of those NFBC style leagues where you lock in your Monday to Thursday hitters and they're suggesting he will miss a good chunk of the the early part of the week. So I I am benching him. I mean, we're all just kind of guessing at a lot of this. I mean, I can't I I I sat JD Martinez, I don't remember for who, and and then he hits his home run and I'm like, "Oh no, I benched him, didn't I?" And then he hits another and another. I'm like, oh, my God, really? Three yep. home runs? You got to do that on a day where I sat you in? You were on the COVID list this morning. And he didn't – he was not a vaccine example either. No, he just it wasn't cold. Yeah, that's what I thought. So they, they put him on kind of as a precautionary thing. I, yeah, I understand it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. It, it, it means more homework for people this year, unfortunately. By the way, the Cubs, Javier Baez, I mean, he's the only Cub doing anything at the plate. They're batting like 170 as a team. Bryant – and Rizzo looks terrible. And Contreras, they just had a weekend with Pittsburgh where we were like, okay, they're going to hit this pitching. Mitch Keller and Brubaker, they didn't do anything against this pitching. Cubs look terrible. They're going to dismantle that offense. I mean, during, you know, in trades. And maybe that's what Chris Bryant needs is to be, you know, in Cleveland or something. But I just, I can't believe that they're this, like it's, it's 10 days. I'm not going to panic. But if you offer me a trade for Chris Bryant right now, I don't know if I would do it based on him being a top 100 player. Or Contreras being a top five catcher. It's almost like there's a like a, a malaise on that roster, you know? And then Zach Davies, who had, I know you don't like Zach Davies, and a lot of people don't because of the strikeout rate, but he had gone like 20 straight starts allowing three runs or less. And he was facing Pittsburgh's offense. I mean, you can't get a worse offense than Pittsburgh without Cabrian Hayes. 
and he got sh- shattered for seven runs in the second inning. And I've got Zach Davies rostered everywhere, so I wasn't too happy with that. My teams aren't off to very good starts, obviously, although I have Nelson Cruz everywhere. Just, mm-hmm. do, you, do you have a general thought here on the Cubs? This is going to be one of those years? Not, yeah, not, not, not anything extreme. I, you and I discussed this during the preseason as to how good their rotation was. I was skeptical on that part of the team. Adding in skepticism about the offense is a major concern from a team-wide angle. And I, I guess the best defense I have in them not selling off pieces at the trade deadline if they're struggling is that it's, it's not going to be a, a division where you need to win 90 games necessarily. So I don't know. Very, they uh... might they might try to stick in it for a little while. Arietta is one of the most added starting pitchers in fantasy, and I don't see it. He's off to he's off to a good start. It's it's you know two outings. I mean, <sighs> but he had that spring discussion of trying to recapture his curveball. That's another case where I should probably do a full analytic thing on that. But you know, two starts is not enough to judge. Nate Lowe, by the way, great, yep. eight for twenty one with fourteen RBI, and then in four games this weekend, over thirteen. Nary and RBI. I mean, this is how fast the things change. Let's get to some more news here. Injuries. Cody Bellinger hits the shelf with the calf. We said on the last show it didn't seem that serious. Well, apparently it was. And Mookie Betts hasn't played in a while. Hopefully he plays tomorrow. Um, thought, and the Dodgers still win every game. So they don't, I mean, they're putting Zach McKinstry in left field and he homers. They can do whatever they want and sit these guys from a broader fantasy perspective, because obviously you're not going to dump Bellinger or, or worry too much about bets. But from a broader Dodgers perspective here, they could just sit Walker Bueller for three weeks if they feel like it. They could just sit Mookie Betts for three weeks if they feel like it. They have so much depth. This is going to affect fantasy. This is absolutely, I don't want to say it's going to be a problem if you've got Betts or Justin Turner or Corey Seager somewhere, but they're not playing 150 games, any of these guys, are they? Probably not. It's just the nature of the team that the offense, they like to mix and match. Dave Roberts likes to play his opportunities. He likes to rest players when he can. Kevin Lux being a leadoff man for them the other day. I mean, we we couldn't have predicted that during the preseason. And he's not hitting. He's not even hitting. It's not like he was off to a good start or anything. His on base was like 220. He he and Chris Taylor both had great springs. That's why I'm not surprised to see the two of them on the roster. And maybe he capitalizes on the opportunity. But it, it just means some of the lesser names get moved up in the pecking order. That's all. Oh, and by the way, I'm sure we'll be, we'll be talking about a certain key part of their pitching staff in a little bit, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, you mean a relief? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that. All right, let's get into that then. Um, let's do a closer carousel. It's the closer carousel. Everybody's adding Corey Knable. He got the save on, I don't know, it was Friday or Saturday. And then Sunday, he entered in the seventh inning. I think uh, they can do whatever they want with their bullpen. Kenley Jansen is going to be the closer whenever he's available. He's never going to pitch in the seventh or eighth inning. Unless he's hurt, he's not losing this job, even if he pitches poorly, I don't think. I, I don't even know if Knable's next in line. Blake Trina got the eighth inning. You know, the thing is, like these managers, they're not looking at who's up when they put pitchers in. Like, like the Phillies on Sunday night. Girardi is not doing a good job with this bullpen. Basically, he decided that Jose Alvarado was his eighth inning guy, even though Freddie Freeman came up in the seventh inning. And and he Freeman didn't do anything against Sam Coonrod, but like they're deciding what inning a pitcher's a pitch in, not when the lefties are coming up, which I think is odd. So I don't know what Dave Roberts is doing with the Trinan and Knable hierarchy there, but it sure seems like when Jansen's unavailable, Knable's the closer, not Trinan. Do you see that as well? Would you add Knable right now? Can we even project 10 saves? Yes, I'd add him. Yes, I think he's going to get to 10 saves. 
I'm, something will happen to Jansen. No, I. The way that Knebel was used on Friday signals to me that uh, Roberts has a number on Jansen for innings. He, I, I cannot see how Jansen was not available for Friday's game. So the fact that Knebel was in there suggests that they're going to be nights. And remember, we, we just talked about how great and deep the Dodgers are, that they're going to win a lot of games. And what was the projected win total at the beginning of the year? It was 103. They're going to win so much that Jansen won't be available for a third of their saves, something like that. Uh, that I, I actually think that could happen. I, I and, and and I'm not saying that you should invest a huge amount of, of you know your resources into getting Knable onto your roster, but I think there are going to be nights where he doesn't want to go to Jansen. I think there are gonna be nights where Jansen's velocity isn't there. It was on Sunday, it wasn't last week. And when that happens, I think Knable could get he could fall into eight ten eight to ten saves. At least. I yeah, I mean he's the guy people are adding. Um, and now let's get to you saying that you were right. Alex Colome against Seattle, our friend Dave Schoenfield t- texted us and said, talk about Colome blowing this save. It was ugly. Uh, Seeger hit one a long way. And, but I can't tell you, I feel any better about Taylor Rogers today either. So what do you think happens with the twins? Cause that's another good team. Uh, Colome, and you know, take your lap. The, the reason is cause he doesn't strike out a lot of play, uh, uh, hitters, but who ends up with more seeds? I still think it's Colome. It's not like Rogers is pitching that great. What don't you like about Taylor Rogers right now? What I don't like about this situation is that I don't think Colomay can set up. I think he's Kenley Jansen to the Twins, even though they have no loyalty. They don't think he can be a setup man. They think Rogers can. That's why I think Colomay is going to close. Now, Colomay has outpitched his peripherals the past couple of years, the reverse Joe Musgrove. I think Rogers is fine. I think they want, I think lefty relievers, in a general sense, managers use them whenever they want except for like Josh Hader, somebody special like that, or Brad Hand, who, because of experience, I, I just think Colome is going to stick in the role unless he's hurt. So a couple of things. One is I refuse the victory lap because I don't think this is over. I, as a matter of fact, I'm not even sure Colome's lost the job. I agree with you on that. But Colome did pitch effectively. It was three years ago. I mean, during that, that two-team year in 2018, he was actually a pretty effective setup man. So he can pitch in that role. And I, I just think Rodgers is pitched better than you do. And I think that Rodgers is a better pitcher than Colome. So I do think that this still is exactly where it was in the spring in spring training. I'm expecting the saves get somewhat evenly divided. And I probably would still lean a little bit towards Colome today. I'd say it's 20 to 15, maybe. I think right now, if I'm projecting saves, Colome 28 and Rodgers 12. I still think Colome is their closer. Fair. It's fair. Um, I'm concerned. And I, I have to think you are, too. Well, I, I don't want to be concerned just because Kyle Seeger hit one 500 feet. I mean, like that's going to happen. Some of these guys, he, he wasn't is... great twice out of three of his opportunities. Okay. All right. I mean, look, I've been wrong. I'm wrong, wrong a lot. I, I just don't think Rogers is Josh Hader either. So to no, me, no. I think Baldelli still wants Colomade. Obviously he's not going to say anything post game that he lost the job. And I think it's a little bit quick to do that. By but... the way, you, you know, the next save opportunity could go to Hansel Robles. I guess it could. It's Baldelli. That's, that's, I mean, it's Baldelli's game. He's going to pick his opportunities when he sees them. Why do we assume Alex Reyes is going to give up the closer role to Jordan Hicks? He, he looks great. And I know they said uh, two weeks ago they were going to use him in a multi-inning role, but why would they change? Why would Schilt change that? I, I don't understand why that's going to change unless Alex Reyes does something to lose this job. Yeah. Or if something happens to the rotation that they need depth in the middle innings. I actually think that's going to influence Reyes' role more than anything. But, but when can you ever remember a manager pulling out a successful closer 
to to pitch a multi inning in the fifth and sixth inning. It's never happened before. Never happened. Mm, come on, I, f- I feel like it's happened once or twice, and I, it wasn't Smoltz that Smoltz. I think went into the bullpen, not out of it. I mean, in the last didn't twenty Carlos, years, like Carlos Martinez, didn't he, or one of the White Sox did. I, I, Somebody I did. maybe I our listeners, it. maybe Tom, the answer. I don't know. I just, I find it hard to believe that anybody, if, if he pitches poorly and loses the role and Jordan Hicks takes it or Gallegos takes it, that's one thing, but he's, he's pitching great. And he wouldn't go to that extreme. <laughs> like he can't go from pitching 20 pitches an outing to all of a sudden being a starting pitcher either. If Carlos Martinez has to go in the DL, which he's probably going to have to, he looks terrible. So I, I just, if you've got Alex Reyes right now, I'm not sure I sell high. He could get 30 saves. I, I find it ridiculous to think that a manager is just going to change his role that much. Yes, two weeks ago, we thought it was going to be Hicks. Now it's not. Things change. I don't see it happening. Um, I, I agree that that's, that's one where you might as well chase the good things while they're happening. But the, the other thing, too, an injury to Reyes really could decide. Of course, he's situation. not exactly durable. Neither uh, of them, neither of them are, are sure things. Neither him nor Hicks is a sure I'm thing. I'm sure anybody is. Like, uh, how many sure things on <laughs> closers are there? Maybe that's my column for tomorrow. I... I Five, ten, yeah. Colomay's not a sure thing. Brad Hand is certainly not a sure thing. Yeah. Uh, Emmanuel Clase is no sure thing. But you could you could tell me that Emmanuel Clase of Cleveland ends up a top five fantasy closer or doesn't get five saves, and I would believe either one. And he's already at two saves. I mean, you could you could literally say that. Now I was all over Clase this spring, and you were on Karinchak, and that could switch tomorrow. But Karinchak's pitching the seventh. Like he's not pitching the, he's not setting up. There's no, there's no reason to believe that James Karinchak is close to getting saves. Now he could end up being a top relief pitcher with a hundred strikeouts and a two twenty ERA with three saves. Wouldn't you say Clase looks like a 30 save guy right now? Yeah, I would. Um, I'll actually make myself sound worse and say that I was hedgy over Cleveland. I was not a Karinchak guy. I was just hedgy over the team. And I was hedgy because of Karinchak's, questionable control and the fact that the manager didn't give him an endorsement at the beginning of the year. By the way, Class A, Jordan Hicks, similar paths. I find it very interesting that Cleveland has gone to Class A for two of their, uh, the, each of their past two save opportunities, and he's looked great. He's throwing 100 miles per hour with ease, which is a huge plus in his direction, which is the same thing people are talking about with Jordan Hicks. We're raving about his 100 mile per hour stuff, and we're not ra- raving about Class A's. He looks great. You're right. He might have this opportunity locked down, but you're, you know, it's it's possibly gets 30 saves or he gets five. What's interesting about these two hard-throwing gentlemen, and they're both at 100 miles per hour, is that we complained that Jordan Hicks was not piling on the strikeouts in his first two seasons. Yeah. Clase didn't either. Yeah. This was not Karinczak for K-rate. So it's it's very interesting what's happening here. Um, one final I, guy. I, by the way, by the way, I don't think that Clase is a natural high strikeout guy. I don't think he keeps up this cape or not. He's a ground baller. He's not right. a, we, we assume that if you throw 100, you will get strikeouts. That's not the case. Not, all, uh, not with real, everybody. Yeah, real weird about it. It's it's a four-seamer and a slider and a 60% ground ball rate. That makes no sense to me. All right. If you're picking up a reliever on Oakland, who should it be? Trevor Rosenthal did have the thoracic outlet syndrome surgery. He's out months. I would drop him in every league. I doubt he pitches again anytime soon, and he pitches successfully. The rumor is Lou Trevino is the new closer, but they have had nothing to close. Right. And I think that's what you have to react to is Trevino is the one to get. You know, I like J.B. Wendelkin. I don't see him really being in the mix currently. Jake Diekman has still gotten some positive comments and he's being used in high leverage situations if there, there really are any. for Wendelkin came in with a 6-2 lead in the ninth. If it was 5-2, he would have still come in. So I do think I do think Wendelkin ahead of Trevino right now, but I don't know. 
Um, I, also, I don't like the patterns they've had over the past four days with him. That's all. They've been very fluid with their roles. Ian Kennedy, velocity was down on Sunday. Something to watch, but I don't even know who's left. Everybody's hurt. Matt There's Bush, no one. Yeah, who is Josh, Josh Boers? Josh Shabors. They're never going to win. We have to start viewing tech, Texas the way we do Pittsburgh. Bad offense, terrible team, but we do roster Richard Rodriguez of Pittsburgh. So there's no David Bednar next in line in Texas that we know of. I mean, we didn't think Jonathan Hernandez was going to emerge last year as that guy. Both, Miami uh, both Pittsburgh guys are better than both Texas guys. We took uh, so Bass is out as Miami's closer. He was terrible. Yimmy Garcia is the new guy. Thirty saves. I don't know. I, he probably loses it too. He's a home run guy. A lot of stuff on closers. Too. Yeah, that and and the two of them were competitive in terms of skill sets during spring training. Bass just took picked the wrong time to pitch poorly. He could get thirty saves. I just don't think it's a great team. Let's talk combo meals now. Sing it. Hey, it's a combo meal. Combo, combo. It's a combo meal. Home run plus steal. That one's a lot tougher to do than the closer carousel, I got to say. On Thursday, Javier Baez and Eduardo Escobar each had a home run and a stolen base. On Friday, it was Tyler Naquin, who's off to a Chris Shelton-like start with speed. Ramon Laureano of Oakland did it Saturday, and Brandon Belt, of course, did it on Sunday. Um, any thoughts on any of these gentlemen? Oh, gosh. Yeah, and I'm just trying to get my entire list in there. The second one you mentioned, I think, was the big one. Eduardo Escobar, of course. I'm like, where, where was – He's still uh, available in a lot of leagues. He's on the most added, I think, but he's still at like 50%. He's at 50%. He was 50.1 when I just checked this morning. Um, it needs to be higher. It was a bit of an unlucky last year. He was excellent two years ago, and Arizona's committed to playing him if not every day, pretty close to it. Let's take a look at the schedule here for the next couple of days, because that's always very interesting to us, and we'll try to give you a DFS thought as well. Uh, day baseball on Monday, Boston, Minnesota. That's fun. Martin Perez, Jay Happ. Um, anybody pitching today? Casey Mize at Zach Granke. That's something to watch. I want to see what Casey Mize does. I'm, I'm interested in him. Tristan McKenzie gets a start at the White Sox. Is McKenzie a starter? Is he a, a, a third through sixth inning guy? An important outing for him as well. Um, yeah, McKenzie's the Tuesday game, isn't he? He's listed here as Monday, so I'm listing him as Monday. Wow, did they make the switch? Okay, no, it's who possible knows? they made a switch. We're, we're getting, by the way, because Max Fried got pushed back off of Monday. They're using the Huesca or Inoa. Right, against Sandy Alcantara is pitching for Miami at Atlanta on Monday. And that's interesting because Al- Alcantara is like Musgrove to me. Like, can these guys become top 25 fantasy starting pitchers? They have the stuff. They've shown in, in spurts in the past they can do it. Um, so that's something to watch there. And, you know, if, if you're using a DFS pitcher on the main slate, 7 PM or later, maybe a value guy, or maybe just a, a great guy that you would pay for, who is it? Um, is there somebody here that you're looking at? I mean, we should try to do this from time to time. Um, I mean, I, 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 am not gutsy enough to use Aaron Sanchez against Cincinnati. I mean, Naquin take him deep. Um, you know, what surprised me was that Freddie Peralta didn't get as good a grade from the forecaster formulas as I expected in a home game against Chicago. It's probably ballpark related, but you know, I'm a big fan. And you should be. And the Cubs are not hitting. So I think Peralta, if the price is right, that's a good one. Where are you at on Robbie Ray against the Yankees? Not a chance. Not a chance. A, a, a walker against that lineup, all right-handed. No way. No way. You? The Yankees are one of the most, or or at least the grades say they're one of the more strikeout-prone offenses against left-handed pitchers. Right, so he ends up with 10 strikeouts and four and two-thirds with six runs. I'm not, yeah. I, I I get it. it. First game off the IL, I, I'm concerned too. But, like, you want to talk tournament play if he's priced well? All right, that's fair. That's fair. I'm just, I'm not in. 
Um, Dane Dunning, I want to, he was efficient in his last outing. He went like 70 pitches over five innings. They're only allowing him like 70 pitches, mm-hmm. bad team, not going to win much, but Tampa Bay struggling a little bit as well. So something to watch there Tuesday. And, yes. By the way, to, to, I will validate. You are correct that McKenzie has been moved up. They're giving Bieber an extra day's rest. So this is I'm what just, happens I'm, with forecaster stuff. Reading what it says at ESPN. They could be wrong. They, yep. They are. They're on at the minutes before i can on that that that, fly, that i mean it, it, it comes in you know automatically it's not like somebody's typing in the right name tuesday doubleheader on espn aaron nola taiwan walker phillies mets at the 710 and then the nightcap in san francisco this is fun luis castillo and kevin gosman i admit i might be wrong about gosman like it's possible he is a top 20 starting pitcher and i just refuse to rank him that way from his baltimore years but you know we got dalen bundy kevin gosman arietta want to young basically you lead baltimore Good things. Ha- I mean, I hate to rip them, but, you know, look what's happened to some of these pitchers as soon as they left. Yeah. Osman looks legit. Yeah, he definitely does. He made some some very distinct pitch selection changes in the San Francisco first year. Home game, better ballpark of the two for this matchup. I like it. Um, did you like Walker's first game uh, for the Mets this year? He, was, he, he looked good. Impressive. He's a guy who I have no shares of. I had no interest of. I, I'm scared of injury. I'm scared of performance. I thought like, his numbers in 2020 were misleading. But yeah, I want to get a good look at him on Tuesday and and see what he does, weather permitting. It's supposed to rain all week. Um, I think they're clear that day. I think Thursday is the big risk day in New York. The I want to see, I want to see John Means at home against Seattle because I I'm, I I might have been wrong about Means as well. Maybe I just rip all Baltimore. I, I and look, they're it's a bad franchise, bad team. But John Means looks legit, and he hasn't even left yet. So that's something to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, day game as well. Nate Valdi, who I'm not in on against Kenta Maeda. So uh, get your roster day games all week. So and that's good because we want day games. Um, and you're going to need him since Minnesota's got the cold temperatures. I'm not surprised they have day games there. Dylan Bundy, if he's cheap at Kansas City on uh, Tuesday as well, DFS. Yep. And Bieber Giolito. Wow, we've got some nice matchups here. Yeah, that um, worked out pushing Bieber back. <laughs> I like it. Wednesday, the first game is Adam Wainwright against Washington. Um, I rostered Wainwright in a lot of places. People could say that was not smart. But uh, his second outing was better than his first. Washington is is off to a bad start, although they just played the Dodgers, so who knows? And they got the COVID issues, and we still haven't seen Schwarber yet. So there's a lot of issues with Washington that uh, it's not their fault. But I- I'm very interested in Wainwright. I'm very interested in Jake Arrieta against Corbin Burns. Mm-hmm. Burns could be a top ten. If I wrote a column, I could write a column about all these guys who might be top ten starting pitchers: Burns, Musgrove, Alcantara. It's very interesting. Some of these guys who are taking who are not top couple tiers that are taking that next step up unpack a couple of things there wainwright 30 percent swinging strike rate on his cutter so far <laughs> now small sample of course but you know it's something a little bit different with him you and i were talking about that during spring training it's just that matchup's a little right on the ledge musgrove the whole history of racking up pitch counts in a no hitter do you use him in a second start well at pittsburgh is that not the more the most dream matchup you could get coming off a high pitch count outing well, I mean, it was a dream matchup for Zach Davies this week. And now they don't have the same stuff, okay, before you say it. Mm-hmm. But I, there's no way you would sit Joe Musgrove this week. Every, no way. First of all, you wouldn't sit him if he was at Dodger Stadium this week. You we would be- we would have a louder conversation about Musgrove. And in agreement, a louder conversation about Musgrove for this matchup if it wasn't at Pittsburgh. At Pittsburgh is a dream matchup. Of course. Ballpark and, and lineup, absolutely. And by the way, Texas is the same. Ballpark and lineup. Right, I mean, who in Texas scares you offensively? So far with the ballpark, We're, I'm not ready to go there. That it's PNC Park yet. No, but. it looks like it's going to have a similar effect. It does it so far. Like it. Yeah, with 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 a full crowd there blowing on the field. 
That's smart. Good job, Texas. Um, okay, moving on. And uh, Wednesday, that's all right. Let's just move on. By the way, on ESPN Plus, you can check out Nick Nieder of Miami out Atlantis, Charlie Morton. That seems like an unfair fight, but I, I don't know. I don't think Nick Nieder is going to become fantasy relevant, but you know, stranger things have happened. John Gray at, at the Dodgers, John Snow. Look, he looked good in his last act. I have no shares of John Gray anywhere. Do you? I took him in the reserve round of tout. I've kept him benched the entire year. I'm not comfortable. And I won't start him this week for that. that Road Dodgers? No. No, thank you. No, thank you. Doesn't have a good history there. Are we going to get to the point where we just sit pitchers against the Dodgers? Not like, you know, stars. But, you know, and and you're not going to sit Darvish and Musgrove from when the Padres play the Dodgers. But Mm -hmm. are we sitting just about everybody else against that offense? Everybody but the aces who are locked into your lineups. Yeah. Um, That's a matchup I am avoiding. All right. And Lux will probably hit at some point, by the way. Uh, it'll get even scarier. By, by the way, would you put the would you put the Braves up there? No, I've seen a lot of I've seen six of their games already mm-hmm. in, in full because they played the Phillies. Azuna's going to hit. Freeman's a monster. Acuna's great. I, Swanson, Riley, Pache, Kristen Pache is going to be in the minors in two weeks. He can't hit. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. He he looks terrible. The bot that's a very top heavy lineup, Atlanta, and and the top is is awesome. But after the top guys, I mean, like Swanson doesn't scare me at all. And Riley, Riley looks like he's going to be replaced and Pache is going to be. And I don't know how Atlanta is going to do it, but that's that's a story for, for another show. But I think at some point soon, maybe later this month, Acuna's back in center. Somebody else is playing right. Hmm. Like they wish they had Duvall. I, I don't know. Like Pache's a wonderful defensive center fielder and they can get away with it and still win 90 games. But if he's going to bat 200 this year, yeah. He just looks overwhelmed to me, you know, it's, and it's not just against right-handed pitching. I mean, he had that double on Sunday night. I think it was against Matt Moore where he just kind of stuck his bat out and it, and it fell in. Like mm-hmm. that, this is where you don't look at the batting average and say, Oh, this guy's great. Cody Bellinger would have a slugging percentage 200 points higher if he doesn't pass Justin Turner. So it's not just about looking at stats. You have to watch the players yeah. from watching Pache and almost all of his at bats. He looks really overwhelmed. Yeah. So, but if they correct that one flaw, there I, I only raise it just because the top three forecasted graded offenses, Dodgers and the Braves and Twins were very closely following them. I, I think you can make the case that the Braves and the Twins are right there. Yankees are right there as well. Yankees are fourth. Yeah. Yeah. They're all and Padres, even without Tatis. And I've got Tatis in a couple leagues and I'm starting to feel it already. <laughs> By the way, do you, do you know do you know who's sixth? No. Yeah, that you know, Jordan Alvarez is a monster. He and he's hitting. He he just takes a swing and it goes to the left center field fence so easily. Jordan Alvarez is so good. Yeah, like I I, I'm hoping just for the the greatness of baseball, he can stay healthy for the full year because that really was the question coming into spring training. Yeah, I I think Houston's Houston's offense. I mean, again, it's kind of top heavy as well. To buy Miles Straw is not much of a threat. Um, I guess he's a little bit, but he makes contact more than Pache does. And he steals a base. Like I've got straw in a league where I really need 30 steals. And I took him over Garrett Hampson. And right away I was like, oh, that's going to be a mistake, isn't it? Hampson can't hit. He stole bases already. And he can't, he can't hit. I'm looking at him at the top of the lineup. I don't know. I can't get on base. He's not a good hitter. I'm not saying straw is. He used to be. Then again, there's plenty of players like that, like a certain new Yankee game-winning hit guy. (laughs) Who are you talking about? Uh, Rugie. Rugnetador. He he looks so young without the beard, doesn't he? I know, doesn't he? Yeah. (laughs) 
Also looking young is our Tyler Chatwood clone. Come in, Kyle. We got some hash browns. Let's hear it. Chatwood's on the injury list, by the way. I'm sure you know well aware of that. You, you got to drop this. You got to you got to drop the love. This it ain't happening. Okay, let it go. Fact. Let it go. <laughs> stop, stop making Tyler Chatwood ha- to happen. It's not gonna happen. Fun fact: a save chance. Chatwood will blow. <laughs> hey, he he looked good in his first three outings, and I had a terrible first week in my long running keeper league. But I've drafted Chatwood in the last round as a joke. Innings pitched is one of our categories. I won by a third of an inning. So thank you very much for his five outs. Got it done. Won me a category. That will come back in, you know, to be quite important come uh, come sub- the summer. So, yeah, let me <laughs> Yeah, and he's on my IL now, so he's not tying up a roster spot. We'll start with some trivia. I want to – first I want to ask the question, then I want you to answer why this guy's routinely underrated, then come back and answer the question later. Justin Turner, always underrated, never appreciated in my opinion. Who's the one corner infield, or yeah, one corner infielder with a higher batting average than Mr. Turner since 2017? Minimum 1,000 plate appearances. Rendon. You didn't you pay attention to the rules, Eric. And no, that's wrong. Why is he underrated first, and then answer it later? Oh. <laughs> so you're not saying Turner is underrated. You're saying the answer to this trivia question is underrated. No, I think Turner's quite underrated. I think I think he's rated properly, and the reason is because he misses so many games. So while he's off to a great start, nobody ever questioned he was a good hitter. He bats 300 every year. Sometimes he hits for power, gets on base. Justin Turner is what he is, very good player. But for fantasy purposes, I mean, he missed a third of last season. He missed 27 games or, yeah, 27 games the year before that. In 2018, he missed 59 games. So he he misses a lot of games, and it's not because of the Dodgers. It's because he's getting hurt. And also, he hasn't knocked in more than 71 runs since 2016. So I appreciate a 300 batting average as much as anyone else, maybe more. But he doesn't steal bases. He doesn't knock in runs. Power is kind of comes and goes, and he misses a lot of time. So I would argue that he's actually rated quite properly outside our top 100. By the way, he's going to say no. No, I, I do agree. I think that's a pretty good assessment of him. Um, but he is a very appealing player in points, basically. More appealing in points than he is in Much Florida. more. He's one of the players on the list of considerably more valuable in those on the sabermetric leagues than traditional. Right, without being a big walker. Like, he, he, he takes his share. But, like, like you automatically assume this, like, Carlos Santana, Joey Votto. They, oh, yeah, they're, they're much more valuable in points than Roto. But Justin Turner is, too, because batting average matters. He doesn't make outs. And you look, if you've got a deep enough bench and you can afford the DL stints, then go for it. Um, but I think he's rated properly. And he's off to a good start right now. That's awesome. Okay. All right. Fine. You can have it. I still like Justin Turner. We'll come back to that trivia question at the end of the podcast. But right now, we'll get to hash browns. Norman wants to know if there's anything there with Dane Dunning. Too early to tell. They're being very careful with his uh, pitch count, like I mentioned earlier. And uh, I think his outing this week is important. A lot of people added him. At 26 with strikeout potential. I think the White Sox are going to regret it, although they love Lance Lynn. But um, I just, I don't know. I mean, he threw, I think, 70 pitches against Toronto in his first outing. He just happened to go five innings. It might have been three and two thirds. They were taking him out of that game. So the fact that he won is a little, I, I think it might be a little misleading. That's all. Yeah. They've been talking, by the way, a lot about p- having him be the piggyback starter behind an opener. So right. that tells you a and, lot and, about And that. I don't want that in fantasy. 
So it's, it's well, like, why not? Actually, that 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 might because, actually because Dane, Dane Dunning's not going to finish with a three twenty ERA, and he's not going to win any games doing that. So, oh, I disagree with you on that. What do you disagree with? I think this might actually help him win more games you than he would have otherwise. Games. Yeah. No, but they're using him as the starter, not the guy who comes in in the third. No, inning. no, they they've talked about using him as the guy who comes in in the third inning. All right. Well, they haven't done it yet, and they're not doing it this week. But right, I know that what their their idea coming into opening day was there would be two slots in the rotation. His was one of them, and Jordan Lyles was the other, where they would be the the follower. So he'd be the Yarborough type. I see your point about the workload. That there is going to be a cap on him, but if they do lock in, uh, he pitches the third to the sixth. That's going to actually help him from a win perspective. It hurts him if he starts. I guess because of the silly win rule, where you if you yeah. but like it's and like look. <sighs> This is so outdated, this win rule. A guy can pitch the first four innings, pitch great. A guy can pitch the fifth and sixth average and get the win. Um, Giovanni Gallegos got the win in a Cardinal game last week where they won like 10 to 5. He pitched the eighth inning, a shutout inning, and somehow he got the win. No runs were scored in the final five innings of that game. So whoever pitched like the fifth and the sixth, the official score was like, well, he didn't pitch well enough for me, so I'm going to give it to Gallegos. That's ridiculous. Fantasy leagues are going to be won. Because Giovanni Gallegos got an undeserved victory in that game. Who would you give it to? Whoever pitched the fifth inning. Disagree That's the with rule. you. I strongly disagree with you on that. Why that are you exact, giving... That is the exact problem with the win rule. And well, frankly, then don't have a win rule. Why? Why would you give it to? Why? If, if five pitchers pitched in the final five innings. Why would Gallegos in the eighth because he was not the best pitcher. Up runs? That's the what? that's what the that's what an official score is told to do is that if the starting pitcher doesn't go five innings, give it to the most effective relief pitcher of that game, regardless of role or where they pitched in the game. And I they agree were all with that. effective. That's my whole point. They, okay. they all yeah. they all have the same numbers. But, well, fantasy yeah. should not be using wins as a category because that kind of junk happens. Right. And, and I've, I, I've told you this, I've gotten to the point where the win rule needs to be discarded outright for all players. And I think that there should be a formula that decides who was the game's most effective pitcher. And that guy, regardless of where they pitch, if they're on the winning team, they get the win period. That's the only way it should be handed out. All right. We'll see what happens with Dane Dunning. Uh, Josh had a follow-up question regarding Dunning. Would you take him over a guy like Kluber? Yeah, Tristan, we got to talk about Corey Kluber. I, I should have mentioned him earlier. That second outing, man, that was that was like dropping bad. That was yep. that bad. Yep. I'm thinking of not even keeping him in a keeper league where our deadline is Thursday. Don't forget to be don't be late. Um, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing with Kluber right now? I don't think I want to roster him in, in any 10 or 12 team mixed league. Yeah. I'm I'm panicked as the guy who has him as my lead pitcher on my labor team. You know that. And I'm very happy that I have a group of people in that league who are not going to now come to me hearing this and try to give me ridiculous trade offers for him. But I'm, I did not like what I saw. And by the way, based on what you saw on paper, he should have stepped up for a Tampa game. Tampa is supposed to be a favorable matchup for an opposing starting pitcher. And his problem, velocity's not there. And I know he's not a velocity guy, but when you're talking about every one of the pitches being down a full mile per hour, you got an issue there. None of his pitch array is effective in any way. He showed a little bit of hint uh, of, of better performance of that in spring training. I remember watching a couple of games where I thought he was his stuff was better than this. So maybe it's the dead arm period for him. But based on his injury history, I'm I'm panicked. The next game is very very critical. This is the AL version of Bumgarner. Stop trying to make it happen. It's over, guys. Granky can get away with this. Okay, 
But Kluber and Bumgarner cannot. Most pitchers who with dropping velocity like this cannot get away with it. I don't Granky, know how Granky does. Granky, well, you do, You know how he does it. He has brilliant location. Command. Yeah, he puts everything exactly where he wants to. Kluber mm-hmm. in that game was could not do that. And yep. between injury and performance, I would cut him, and I never rostered Bumgarner at all. So you I, cut I, him in a you cut him in a mixed league. You cut him in our ESPN league, dude. I don't know how much longer you can wait in a nail only. Like he's gonna kill your ERA. What what else am I getting now? The problem in labor is I have to lock him in my lineup. But the problem, you know what? You can't cut him in an AL only. You can't. You, you know can. you can't. No, you can't. I've got, I've got somebody in NL labor who is. I've got who is it? It's um Caleb Smith. Okay, and he got demoted to the bullpen where he actually pitched well in relief. Yep. I considered dumping Caleb Smith this week for some. Connor Brogdon, one dollar reliever. I actually did. I think you can drop Kluber in an AL only, but but they're not the same. Smith's in the bullpen. I get that. That's better than Kluber getting lit as a starter. What? How how, how long are you going to wait on Kluber's ERA? How long? Not that long. But in an AL only league, look at what you're. I'm telling ask, you, I've got Caleb Smith in the NL only. I'm, I'm I'm about a week away from cutting what, for a I'm, ordinary. And I'm going to ask you what I ask every single listener who sends in a question: Should I cut so and so? Well. If there's no, what are you getting to replace him? I just told you. Why are you cutting him? I just told you. A 50-inning relief pitcher who is not going to have an ERA of seven. But Smith's Smith's not the same as Kluber right now. I don't know who's... Kluber's going to be thrown back out in that rotation for at least another two, probably three turns. They'd have to be disastrous. Look, I hope for your sake and the Yankees' sake, he doesn't do more damage. But you've decided that after 10 days, it's too early. and, And I did too. No, I'm just saying that in an AL only league, he's going on my bench. I'm not having him damage my numbers, and I'm waiting and seeing because the oh, so, okay, so guys are terrible. So it's tout, not labor. No, I have him in labor. I have a problem with him in labor, but very I, different, very different argument there. And of course, I'd bench. And him. how many leagues do what labor's doing? None. And and I get it. I like that rule. So you, if you're me, you keep going with Caleb Smith. This is the last week. They're not oh. the same. You know, they're not. They're not Answer the, the question. Do you keep going with Caleb Smith and an only? Without I pitch? would not because they're not the same. So Kluber, you think, is going to pitch better? Not than Smith, but I mean better in general. Can't no, Kluber. No, no, I, I don't think he's going to pitch better. I also don't think he's going to pitch worse. I, I'm not sure which direction either. He's not going. good anymore. Kluber? So you're, you've, you're done with Kluber. I'm saying... You can't write him off for the year after 11 days. You know you can't. you got to put him on your bench in an AL-only league. There aren't better players on the waiver wire you're replacing with. If there is, then go up by all means. Go ahead and do it. But in a league that deep, I doubt it. I, how, about your tout, how about your tout 15 team? What would you do with Kluber there? You're going to cut him? I, of course I would bench him, Tristan, if I could. I'm saying people don't have the the luxury in an ESPN league with the three bench spots to bench Corey Kluber. Nobody in the ESPN I league agree. is going to bench I agree with that. cut him. No, They're going to cut him for anybody else right now. Like I, I can look at the most added pitchers right now and tell you they're they're all going. Steven Matz, Carlos Rodon. Yeah. I mean, Matz I over even, Kluber. I don't believe in Matz right now, but I mean, John I'm Snow, tempted. Jordan I'm Montgomery. No way, John Snow. You wouldn't do that either. I know no, I wouldn't, wouldn't, but I wouldn't. I don't have Kluber. So I, I, I mean, Jake Arrieta over Kluber right now. I mean, it's at least it's NL. I I don't know. I, yeah, you know that's a good that's a good name to throw to. At least still going to get Pittsburgh and you know yeah. other offenses in that awful division. I mean, Kluber, yeah. 
JD yeah. Martinez is going to destroy Corey. Cl- I, look, we that's enough on Kluber. We'll see what he does this week, and if he, he pitches well, I'll say I was wrong again. I'm always wrong, but I'm just like it's. No, that looks I, like it's not going to get better. That looks like it's an ERA of five this year. I don't. I don't think. He, but I don't think you're wrong. It's a philosophical point on that. And when do you give up on the middling guys? We probably are close to it with him. All right. What else? What else we got? Well, you mentioned Stephen Matz. John wants to know how many more outings till you're forced to buy into him. I don't know. I got to watch. I got to watch him, to be honest with you. I mean, it was a great spring. Yeah, I obviously made changes. Maybe he needed a fresh start. You know, he didn't like where he was pitching. That was a dysfunctional organization, too. Um, But I still, I, I have seen so much of Steven Matz over the years against the Phillies. I'm like, really? Now he's good? So I got, I'm going to watch his outing this week and see. I'll watch video of it if I don't see it in person or live. Steve, Tristan, I mean, you would add Steven Matz and cut Kluber? I don't, I don't know. One of them is pitching yeah, well. I mean, it, it it feels on the surface it feels reactionary to me, and too much so. But it's a completely valid question. I I'm not sure what to make of Stephen Matz. I and I wasn't more. I wasn't wowed during spring training by what I saw of him. I mean, it's two decent outings, but one against Texas. And by the way, he's got an injury history. He's got a pretty scary injury history. It does. He's no Tanner Rourke. (laughs) Another guy going to the bullpen. (laughs) Uh, We'll go a little higher up the pitcher hierarchy. Nick's got the same question I do. What in the world am I supposed to do with Chris Paddock? That's not like Kluber. But it could be. It could be. It better not be. be. He's 25 and really good. And I watched – that was Texas. Yeah. That was Texas. We said this on the show. We said that this was a critical outing. And now he's got to face. And now he faces Pittsburgh, and he better do well against them. But if Kyle Morantz and he hasn't even given up a home run yet, this isn't even home runs with Paddock. So, I'm I'm saying like, San Diego would not let Paddock start 25 times with an ERA of five. Okay, they would find someone else mm-hmm. help him in the bullpen, like other teams are doing with their bad starters. But this is quite a change. And, and last year he was. Last year, his ERA was high, but his whip wasn't. Mm-hmm. Now everything looks bad. I mentioned to you the big issue with him last year was fastball command. Doesn't look back this year. 333 batting average allowed is two starts, I know. Um, he's <laughs> he's thrown four curveballs out of 160 pitches. Where did that go? During spring training, he was showing it. Well, like, what, what happened? I this need is to not the Chris Paddock of the first week of March. It's not. If Eric Gonzalez takes him deep this week, then that's that's something different. Like it's, I I need to see the outing. But yeah, you, he's a guy you bench and you don't dump. You don't dump him yet. Of course not. You can't dump Paddock. But he's not. He's not leaps and bounds ahead of Kluber on that. Just the injury question with Kluber is rings true. <laughs> All right. Last question here comes from Dylan. He wants to know if you think Philip Evans can hold value even when Brian Hayes returns. I think anybody who hits, they'll find a place for it. <laughs> um, I mean, can Philip Evans play like corner outfield? I yeah, he can. They've been using him there occasionally. Okay. Well, then the answer is yes. If he if he continues to hit, then he will play. I'm very concerned about Cabrian Hayes not already being back. That was supposed to be like, oh, maybe he'll go on the injured list. Now it's like, we don't know when he's coming back. What happened? Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit concerned there, but Evans is like, come on, he's like a he's like a 28 year old right handed Tyler Naquin. Don't get too excited here. This is a guy who shouldn't be doing this for long, but you know, every year we see guys who continue to do stuff like this. 
So maybe, you know, maybe he'll continue to do it. And of course, he's not like Naquin. Naquin bats left-handed, can run. Evans bats right-handed, plays third base. But you know what I mean? Like, like why is this happening? Yeah. Opportunity was created. The guy's off to a good start. It probably won't last. But, you know, one out of five guys every season, it does last. And then Tyler yeah. Naquin's ending up hitting 25 home runs for, you know, and Jesse Winker's not playing. It doesn't make sense, but it happens. Yeah. He's a... <laughs> third base capable player who came from the Mets organization and didn't have great numbers, you know, at any point previous in his career. And I'm kind of like, didn't Justin Turner do this and become really great? So maybe I should think about Evans. And I'm like, no, no, no. All rational thought says this is ridiculous. He's going to be just a, a multi-position, flexible, throw him in when the matchup is right guy after Hayes comes back. I don't buy. I just had the discussion with Eric. I just talked with a good friend of ours about Philip Evans in depth and I'm, I just don't see it. I don't I literally know. I do. You're talking about, but I'll say this. I think in two weeks, Evans is basically just taking the Southpaw at bats from Colin Moran. And that's, well, Moran might be an everyday player. Okay. It should be, be underrated who I have rostered in a lot of places, yeah. but I think that's what ends up happening to Evans. And by the way, one other injury here, Dexter Fowler. Uh, it's a shame. You, you never want to see an injury tore his ACL over the weekend. I think they're going to play Jared Walsh and right field more and pull at first base. Yep. Um, and Lagaris is the defensive replacement. So it doesn't really affect fantasy. I don't think Joe Adele is coming up anytime soon. They have not made a, a sound about that. Mm-hmm. When you see injuries, you often think, okay, you know, this here comes the prospect. I don't think prospects are coming up right away because they haven't played in any games. There's no minor leagues in April. So even Jared Kelnick of Seattle, like he's not getting at bats. So I projected earlier that he would he was going to be promoted like now, but they, they can't do that because he's not playing. Where so is Adele? right now is he in the spring complex or is it the alternate site because the alternate sites they're playing the they're playing other alternate sites and games right like phillies are playing mets and yankees and scranton wilkes bear and stuff like that and kingery still striking out like I, i've seen some reports on stuff like that i just i don't see joe adele coming up soon so you can add him to your teams but i think jared walsh who shouldn't be playing right field will be playing right field. Suggest, by the way, that he is at the alternate site so i guess it's possible but i agree with you i think that is the way they go they played walsh there the other day so yeah. Right. So he might end up getting, you know, eligibility there. So first base and outfield, which is nice. But the fact is he just hits. He's a yeah. hitter. Yeah. I'm glad I've got him in a bunch of leagues. All he right. made a lot of big adjustments last year. Thumbs up. Thumbs up on him. All right. Uh, by the way, Otani did not pitch Sunday. That's the risk in having him in a weekly league as a pitcher. You get you got no pitching stats from Shohei Otani last week. Nary one, right? And you don't know whether he will pitch this week either. That, that That's why I don't want to roster him as a pitcher. Right there. Granted, they didn't have a game for him to pitch in, but still, he wasn't going to pitch in. He wasn't going to pitch. They're going to be. He's not making twenty starts. He's not. How many weeks are there in the season? Twenty four. He's already missed one. 20, 25 scoring periods. Twenty six Sundays, I believe it is. But he's not pitching all of them. <laughs> no. All right. What uh, What do we miss? Trivia. No, we just got to run back to trivia here. Since twenty seventeen, which corner infielder has? A higher batting average than Justin Turner, the underrated Justin Turner. Mr. Caribou guest Anthony Rendon, who is third, just behind Turner on that list at 307. Turner's at 309. The guy you're trying to get at 316. Again, this is with a minimum 1,000 PAs over that stretch. I'm guessing it's not like a Freddie Freeman type, right? No. It's probably Freddie Freeman some... is fourth. You're going right down the top five without or, getting the or, right guy. It's probably like David Bretcher or somebody like that. Like just... Or Yandy Diaz. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, like yeah. it's, it's probably somebody, it's somebody like, like that. Somebody like that who just got over a thousand it's a, PAs. 
it's true that he did just get over a thousand PAs, but it's not a no name. It's not a no name, but he got over. Hmm. Interesting. Bregman's top ten, like you said. That's probably somebody who's only played for the past year plus and just barely got the qualification. Uh, gosh. Corner. I mean, corner. So it's not like a Tim Anderson. Um, I mean, is it LeMayhew? No. Jeff, he, Jeff McNeil? Jeff McNeil is the correct answer. 316. That's a good call there. Very good. That's because stretching He played enough third, ba- played enough third base. He did. He's third base in our system, man. He had a birthday on Thursday, so never a bad reason to give Any him a little, little shout out. Yeah, on his birthday. Weird, weird lineup shenanigans going on with the Mets where they're batting him behind Jonathan VR. But hey, Met, be go Met. <laughs> be your Met. Do you? Do you? <laughs> and then the Stroman thing, that's it. You know what? That's going to affect fantasy. He lost an outing. Marcus Stroman lost a six inning outing. But Maybe actually, it would have gotten lit. I don't know, but. Actually, in fairness there, he might pitch sooner than five days later. And I hate that because it now messes with the pitching rotation for us. I hate the fact that I needed them to pitch in a league and win. And yes, I lost my head to head matchup because of that. Yeah. That was not the league I, I had JD it, Martinez it, set. It's going to have a six day impact on fantasy planning. We hate that. And they don't care about that. But the point is like, that was dumb. Why did you start that game? Like, you know, know, we live not too far away from there. I live closer to them than you do. And I knew there was no way you were getting in a game in New York yesterday. I'm amazed that the Mets thought they could, but whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, we just got in a fantasy focused baseball podcast and we do appreciate you listening. Don't forget to tune into the baseball tonight podcast each and every morning. They do it every day during the week for the latest in terms of those closest to the game. All right. That's it for Kyle and Tristan. I am Eric. For everybody who makes baseball great, and it is a great game, despite despite how much we complained about it on today's show, have an awesome week.